Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Coffee Chat with Camille. I am chatting a bit already with our magnificent guest, Damian White. The name of our show today is What is a Path to Healing? Poetry and Art. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest right now. Damien is actually from Columbus, Ohio. He is the author of the poetry book, I Made a Place for You, which is his debut collection. After battling two bouts with homelessness, he channeled those experiences into poetry to heal a fractured identity. He has left something for all of you in my description area. So I need you to go there so that you can go to his website and see all of the the ebook links, his social media links, merch links, and also please sign up with the author. Okay, everyone? Um, we're going to go ahead and welcome Damien. Welcome, welcome, Damien. Thank you for coming to Coffee Chat with Camille's show. Hi, Camille. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Such a pleasure. Thank you for being here again. Um, I do want to start off asking, uh, right here, just excuse me, I'm sorry. I have so many questions for you, but I only have so much time. We do 30 minutes, and then I would love to have you back on season three. But uh, one of the questions is, um, what does your book title, I Made a Place for You, mean? That's a phenomenal question. Um, So (laughs) the book really, um, for me, was a place where I could explore topics that I was curious about and I hadn't found another avenue to explore. Um, So, you know, there are things topics like grief and death and depression and identity and self-discovery, um, nature, questions of religion. And some of those things um, aren't the best, like, brunch table talk, right? So you don't necessarily invite your friends out and say, hey, let's go to brunch and talk about purgatory, right? So for me, it was kind of carving out a, carving out a space where I could um, dive into those, I, those ideas and curiosities that I was having um, and also kind of a dual part of title, um, Kind of coming out of being homeless, um, I had to have a reconciliation with God. And so uh, at that point, I was making a place to kind of reconsider some of the, some of my spiritual life and some of the religious elements um, of my life that had kind of been under the rug for a while uh, prior to that when I was going through tough times. Um, so I was also making a mm-hmm. place for myself to talk about that and reinvigorate that relationship and kind of figure out what that looks like. Um, at this new stage of my life. Wow, yes. And um, is writing more cathartic or painful for you? I would say that it's a bit of both. Um, I think they come at different times. So for me, it's really like writing for me, it's about getting what's inside outside uh, in the most enjoyable way possible. So um, it just happens that like, threading the needle between words and kind of weaving together distant ideas. I, I have a craving for it. Um, and I do get a lot of fulfillment from it, 
Um, but there are times when I am challenged, you know, like I do say like, man, I wish I wouldn't have to finish this poem. Right. And it's <laughs> like, I, I feel a responsibility as an artist to pursue those ideas when I feel like I have them. And I've taken the time to write it down and it's something I should finish. Um, there is also a tug of war internally though, where um, kind of wish some of those feelings didn't have to come out or I didn't have to flesh those ideas out. And that's the, that's the double-edged sword of being a creative person, I think. Um, there, is, there is a truth in the work. So sometimes that truth is painful, um, but it's also true. It can also be true that once that's out, it is cathartic. You do feel a release. You do feel satisfaction and fulfillment from that as well. And I would say that that's kind of how I experience my work. Excellent. And then I'm just going to ask you, if you don't mind, to um, define the word cathartic for our listeners because uh, we have listeners here in the U.S., Canada, uh, Brazil, Romania, and Korea, South Korea. Sure. So, yeah. So um, okay. For me, it's just a release of emotion. So it's it's the it's the okay. purging of a feeling or an emotion. So that catharsis is the moment when you like let it all out. You know, if you watch the movie and you know people run to the top of the mountain and they feel like they've had that let it all out moment. You see them, show, you know, throwing their hands up in the air, kind of like Rocky style. That's like a cathartic <laughs> moment, you know, that you, uh, visually. Um, I just, and I feel that when I finish a piece or, you know, when I finish my book, I yes. felt that as well. Got it. Thank you so much for that. Um, do you write for yourself or do you write for the readers? I definitely write for myself. Um, the question I ask myself a lot, and this kind of goes back to your previous question, was how do I turn painful experience? Um, I found like nothing really good comes from me self-loathing and replaying bad memories over and over. Uh, so I write as a way to heal the hurt. Um, and I invite others to celebrate and enjoy the work that I do. But I think that for me, I always want to be able to look at what I've completed and say, like, I'm proud of it. It's something that I wanted to see in the world. Um, and I've kind of always held this Gandhi phrase, be the change you want to see in the world really close to me. Um, and so, like, I realize that we often sit around and wait our entire lives for somebody else to do stuff and make things that we like. But nobody's going to be able to architect your vision like you. So for me, I, I want to make sure that I'm making the things that, like, I want to see and that I'm expecting no one else is making because it's my idea. And oh, if others will like it, then that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's outstanding. Can you um... – Please just repeat the Gandhi. You said a Gandhi phrase, I think. Okay. Uh, Be be the change you want to see in the world. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you so much. And uh, what was your experience like working with an indie press? It was really uh, interesting. So I think I had a a window of time where I felt like I was going to self-publish my book. Um, and part of what led me not to do that uh, were, was the fact that there were illustration. It was an illustrated collection, um, and the formatting like issues were really challenging for me. Um, and I, yes. I had this, I, I had a vision for, I had a vision for the quality of work that I was going to put out, and I felt like enabled to, like, in order for me to uh, reach that, I needed to work with people who had experience with formatting uh, poetry with illustrations. Um, had experience working with uh, the printer, the printers, and the distribution companies. So it was really great for me. I had um, access to 
a great team of people at Atmosphere Press, um, and I've developed a relationship with a few publicists there, which has been super useful. Um, and I'm great. I'm grateful because you know everyone knows the J.K. Rowling story where she says how many times she got rejected. You know, she got her book. Her books were rejected ton, dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of times. Um, and like yeah. oddly enough, I submitted this manuscript to several publishers, and Atmosphere Press just happened to be the one that accepted it. And so I'm yeah. for I'll forever be grateful for the opportunity to go through this process um, with the press. Yeah. And it just, it made me a better writer. It's going to make me better for future projects. And it's also just uh, it's working on your own stuff collaboratively, kind of like you're able to zoom out, you know, as, as, as a writer, sometimes you can be laser focused on like each individual, you know, word letter. Um, but when you're working on your actual book from the perspective of like, Hey, how do I get this on shelves? And like, the kind of other considerations you're able to appreciate. I was able to appreciate the work even more and like understand the the publishing process even more and like see the role of bookstores and libraries and um, review companies. And, uh, you know, I was just able to kind of paint a broader picture for myself. So now I feel like I'm more integrated into the, into the space now and can call myself an author. <laughs> yes, you can. Your, your writing is just fabulous. And I do encourage everyone to please pick up, Damien's. Um, I don't have I don't have a, a correct word for it, but the book is is absolutely outstanding. Um, what? When, excuse me. When did you first call yourself a writer? That's a man. Uh, so I've been writing <laughs> since I was four. Uh, my mom wow. still has like some of my old poetry books from elementary school in her basement somewhere, uh, which is just mind blowing. Uh, and I think that I've always known that I liked words. I, I just loved words. I always felt that, like, I was able to, you know, it was interesting to me that you could put use the same words and they, they could be funny or they could be serious. They could be whatever. You could make words mm-hmm. any emotion, and you could, the way that you arrange them or the way that you take certain words away, I, I was always fascinated by that, and I kind of have treated it like a puzzle. Um, yes. I would say that I really started to call myself a writer in college, though, um, I was working with professors. I was a sociology major, so I wasn't doing English or writing poetry at the time um, for school, but I always did it as a side project, and I was doing slam poetry and um, poetry events, things like that on the side from school. But I think when I started publishing like academic, like papers in academic journals and I was working with professors and helping them with their book projects, um, I started to see, like, hey, there's not too many – steps between like what I'm helping them do and like what I feel capable of doing myself. And so um, at that point, I think I started taking my writing more seriously. And like I had started a blog a long time ago that I didn't keep up with. Um, But that in the beginning was where I started to get feedback, you know, posting those initial poems on Facebook and getting feedback Mm -hmm. from family and friends. I think that like, it was just a moment where I realized like, Hey, people will read it. People may like it, you know, and like whether they like it or not, that's not really why you, why you should do it. You should do it because it's going to be a way for you to, you know, get your get your work out in front of the world and also just, like, I feel like um, when I knew, I also had the revelation that, like, I had something to say, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. I was able to put words and poems together, but until I felt like I had something to say, I didn't think that, like, I should be pursuing it full, full like, to, to the fullest. I feel like I should come out with um, – you know, come out with a message or a story that was going to resonate with people. Um, and now is, I think now is probably the, the best time for this book to come out. 
Yes, it is. And what keeps you motivated and positive? Um, so I, I think that, like, just life, you know, life's kind of idiosyncrasies and life, you know, nuances. There's so much, there's so much inspiration all around. Um, and I never really force myself to write. Uh, if I see, like, mm-hmm. you know, a piece of art that I like in a gallery or I'm just walking outside and, like, you know, funny enough, I'm writing, I'm actually writing this poem now where, uh, about how I heard these squirrels when the leaves, like, the first few days the leaves fell, um, the sound, like, of the squirrels running in, like, outside of my patio, I could hear them so loud, it almost sounded like elephant feet, right? And it's like those same yes. squirrels had probably been running around in the summertime, but it wasn't until the leaves fell when, like, I started to hear, like, I could really hear them moving around. And I thought that was so fascinating, and that was just, like, something that, like, I just observed outside, and so I started writing a piece uh, about that, and, like, that's kind of how it happened. Um, and I think that the fact that, like, I don't, say, hey, I'm going to write a poem every day and I need to do, like, I don't make myself do it. I think it's, it has allowed it to, has allowed writing to stay enjoyable for me um, because I'm not forcing myself. And then, um, uh, okay, wait, gosh, I had something else to ask, but it will come back. I I also say, like, coming, coming back to the art, I think that my decision my decision to put illustrations in the book um, is because was like partially because art is so mysterious sometimes and, and nuanced. Um, and I really love trying to figure out what an artist is thinking uh, when once they've made a piece. There's like kind of an okay. adrenaline rush, even like walking around art galleries and stepping inside of like other people's minds. So working with Francesco yeah. was fantastic because I, I gave him like a lot of creative license um, to develop the illustrations kind of free of me telling him exactly what I wanted. Um, I've always found that my collaborations work the best when, like, I'm given the space to kind of, like, show my expertise, and I also allow my collaborator my collaborator to do the same. Um, and obviously we go through, and, you know, some iterative processes where, like, hey, maybe we should change this or that, or I, I was thinking this and maybe not that. But overall, yes. that process works super well for me because I feel like I get the best from that person, and they're also going to get the best from me, you know. Yes, absolutely. Um, is it okay if we give a shout out to Francesco Orizzini? I don't know if I'm pronouncing absolutely. his uh, his last name. Uh, could you just uh, give a little, if you know it, I'm not for certain. I, I wish he was here too. Um, is it is it possible to uh, just give a synopsis of the style of art or uh, how exactly you both did collaborate? Because I do uh, see surrealism in his artwork, um, but I also can appreciate the um, nature and kind of like nature and man. Um, I kind of could see those two in the art itself, like the tongue and the tree or... Mm-hmm. Um, there was a few others, but, you know, I don't know. So just a little bit about the illustrator. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So he's, uh, he, is, he was born in Livorno, Italy. Um, he currently lives mm-hmm. in Mexico City. Um, his name is Francesco Orzini, and uh, he does all kinds of art. Uh, I think that he probably was most influenced by surrealism. Uh, when we first mm-hmm. kind of connected, 
we aligned on the fact that we both love Salvador Dali. We also love Basquiat. Um, and I kind of, I'm a I, uh, I don't know if you've ever uh, read the book. It's like the dark art of Dr. Seuss. Um, it's kind of, they're like old paintings that weren't in like any of the cartoons. Uh, yeah, I saw and so, like, those, yes. that, 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 that style, I think like it's super attractive to me. Um, Okay. And just like yes. kind of kind of for reason kind of for reasons that we I was I mentioned earlier just like the the mystery. So when he and I started working together, I literally didn't say I said I sent him a, a batch of poems. I didn't send him the whole book, and I kind of just wanted to see like what he's what he would come up with, right? To like see his sketches. And I think that yes. the most valuable thing about that, um, if you see the character that's on the cover, um, that was Francesco's idea. Right, so I didn't say, "Hey, make me a character that's going to be salient throughout the book." He just sent me a graphic, <laughs> and that little guy was in one of the paintings, and and then I, uh, I was like, "Hey, we have to put him in all of them." Um, and so that just that kind of initial part made the book much more cohesive, you know, because yeah. now even if you don't, uh, even if you, uh, if you don't resonate with all the poems or like some of the languages, you know, make, makes you stumble at times, um, which yes. is perfectly fine. I, I, I think that's okay. Like the pictures tell their own story and that story aligns with the words because we made them in tandem. So I think that, yeah. I think that it gives readers an opportunity to engage with the work in multiple ways. And that was yes. kind of the goal of this project. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much. And then has publishing a book changed the way you see yourself? Uh, yeah, in a sense, I would say that um, I felt a sense of completion because writing a book was something that was on my bucket list. So yes. I always told my mom um, and my family that I would regret the day that I wasn't able to go look at my bookshelf and see my name on the spine of a book. And so mm. I think that just accomplishing, accomplishing this and like really having the feeling I had when I first received the author copy, when I first got my first copy in the mail, it was like something landed out of space. You know, like <laughs> I opened it and I didn't want to grab the book because it was something that was in my brain and then in my, on my laptop and then in my mm. hands. And that, that's, it was, it was almost surreal uh, to use to just bring the word full circle um, to the point where it took me like three hours before I actually read it the first time. You know, I just left that package sitting because I, I just had to kind of like really reconcile the fact that like I, I brought this into the world. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think that like, that just makes it super powerful for me. And that's also why I wanted to start doing podcasts um, because this is the part of the story I wouldn't have been able to share before completing the book. Right. So instead yes. of coming on and coming on and talking about what it was to be homeless or like eating at the shelter or any of those things, instead of that, I wanted to be able to say all that stuff happened and I was able to funnel those experiences into something productive and positive. And here's the product. You can see it, you can read it, you can yes. buy it. And um, that to me is, that that was the change. That's the change. I do. I have that. I have that. I had that cathartic moment when when I finally saw it in my hands, um, and it did change my perspective on myself because I didn't have to beat myself up anymore about not achieving a, a goal of mine, right? So I had delayed right. writing yes. this book for for so long. Finally, when I finished it, I was able to really like 
not pat myself on the back, but just feel a sense of like internal accomplishment. Like I said, I was going to do something and I did that thing. Um, and just yes. be proud of that. Absolutely. Um, what are some ways that you find peace? I listen to a lot of music. Um, I watch a lot of movies. I spend time with my wife um, and my family. So I think that like, for me, it's it's about just really being present wherever I am. So I think that one of the problems in my life before was that I wanted to always make whatever was happening next happen, right? So I was always trying to, like, say, I'm going to do this, and it's going to lead to this, and it's going to go to that, and I'm going to do that. And then you're always just chasing the next thing. When I flipped the switch to say, wherever I am, I want to be present, be here with the people that I'm here with, talking to the people that I'm here with, uh, listening and not just trying to, find things to say so that I'm saying stuff. I think that that really, that has really helped me like silence a lot of the, the nonsense that kind of floats around in, in, in our brain sometimes and just focus on like the moment. Um, and yes. when I couple, couple that just with doing things, I actually, you know, I, I love, I think that um, I really like that your podcast is called coffee chat because I love coffee. I have almost a coffee schedule. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I'm, about, I'm, I'm about an hour away from my afternoon coffee. So, you know, but just like even even that little that that little thing um, makes me happy. So, yes. <laughs> Damien, I I I generally ask all my guests before the show is over, what is your favorite coffee or hot beverage, and how does it make you feel? But I'm going to ask you a little early <laughs> since you already <laughs> went there. <laughs> so, do you have my a favorite, favorite coffee? coffee? Yes. Oh man. Um, I uh, wouldn't for, say I have a favorite coffee, like a like a yes. brand or a place or a, a, a roast. I mean, I have like yes. I drink all kinds of coffee. Okay, so we'll uh, just I'll, do top top two. I I like for I, example this morning, I'm drinking Dunkin' Donuts, correct? Okay. You know, correct cup, uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, coffee brand and gotcha. I've added some hazelnut cream only to it uh, about a couple of teaspoons so that's pretty much um, what I've had this morning still sipping on it actually <laughs> so I'm just curious yeah, so I use, what type of coffee I, I usually use an espresso uh, the Nespresso machine um, yes. Or I'll do a French press if I have like beans that I want to grind. Uh, we yes, have a lot of local coffee shops uh, in Columbus. Like there's a few like Crimson Cup, Sweetwater Cafe. There's uh, those are the ones I go to the, the most probably. Um, but I'll buy. I'll oftentimes buy beans from those places and just bring them home and grind them. Um, yeah. I've used the Chemex. You know, I how are you okay. can make coffee drip pour over? <laughs> yeah, how are you can make coffee? I'll make it. Um, I I typically use oat milk creamer since we're getting specific. Okay. Uh, yes. Seems easier on my belly for whatever reason. Okay. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much for yeah. uh, contributing your response to Coffee Chat Show here. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to our next question. Uh, is there a second book on the way? There is absolutely a second book on the way. Um, yes. I have I have been writing the second book since 
I submitted the first book. Um, it was interesting. So I, I'll tell you, I'll tell a little story about my writing process. Um, if you don't, okay. if you want to hear. Um, yes, I do. Of course. So we all want to hear it. Let's I, go. <laughs> I felt like one of the things that held, held me back, like in college and grad school from completing a book, um, was like, I would never be satisfied with the work and I would just like either like throw it away or never go back to it. Um, just scratch out the whole page and be upset. Um, and so for, this project, I actually wrote each poem by hand on a notebook, and I didn't read it again until I had finished all of the poems I set out. Like I had a number of poems I wanted to put in the book, and until I had written all of those on paper in a notebook, um, I didn't edit or reread any of them. And like that was the first time I made myself a body of work, and I realized like that process works for me. Um, so I'm kind of doing the same thing right now. So I have, I'd say, like 15 to 20 poems um, that are probably – already roughly decent enough to be to be uh in in that in that next project um and i have a ton of ideas that i'm still fleshing out uh but i think i would say that the next book will be similarly themed um but i'm going to dive deeper so i'll I'll add a lot more person there's gonna be a lot more personal accounts um and kind of just like picture painting and giving people even deeper look into where some of the ideas from the book one like how they came about from like real life stories in my life, which I kind of felt was feedback um, that I've got, you know, even from my book lines, like people are like, I want more. And I think that's great. Um, <laughs> but as an artist, you, you have to also like make sure that you're not just like giving more without curating that as well. So like for me, like yeah. this discovery and like all the information that people will get kind of about this journey, will, it's going to be curated through my work. So anyone who like stays up to date with what I'm, with, with what I'm doing will just, by nature, be getting to know me better um, and naturally just seeing a wider scope of my story. That's outstanding. So it's going to be more from Damien White. Again, I want to remind the audience that the name of the book is I Made a Place for You. Do you happen to have um, your book on hand? Or not, not, not now? Okay, could you... Just um, select one of the poems and read it before we say goodbye because we have, uh, let's see here, three minutes left. Sure. Thank um, you. So I will read a poem. I'll read a poem called Good Morning. All right. Thank you. Are we soot, impure, black, and better suited for sadness? contrary if all things be considered impartially. We are soil, basal, vital, and better suited for sunshine. Good morning. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. I really love to hear it in the author's voice. <laughs> the, yeah. When they write, you know, I love to hear you all read your own work aloud. And so um, all of our, our wonderful listeners um, have probably learned so much about you, at least I, I would think so. And I did want to go into um, some of your – I have a little time here. Let me see. I'm curious, lastly, about your support system and also okay. what is your creative process? 
if we could have those in about 30 seconds or so each. Yeah, sure. So I, I have, um, you know, I have a team, you know, not, not necessarily a team, but I have people I trust that I feel comfortable reaching out to about my work. So they're, you know, people I've worked with from school or, or whether it's just like editors I've worked with on other, others project, other projects or designers or freelancers. Um, my goal is always to put out the best project. <laughs> so I'm trying, I, I'm trying to bring the best team together um, at, at all times. Um, so for me, it's like mm-hmm. if I'm around people who have the same energy as me, same goals as me, and also want to put out the be- their best work, I think that we always align and work, and, and it will always work out. So I'm I'm approaching my future work like that, and that's how I've approached uh, this project as well. Excellent, excellent. So I am. Thank you, thank you very much. Try to keep it short for <laughs> you. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, so what I do want to do is thank you so much for gracing my studio with all of your wisdom and just your presence. It's just been such a uplifter. Um, and I'm going to say goodbye for now. And thank you again. Well, thank you again for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Damien. Bye-bye for now. Okay, everyone, we have only 23 seconds left, so I must say goodbye. I did not want to let Damien, our writer, go, but uh, I definitely want to have him back for season four, season three of Coffee Chat with Camille. Okay, so I hope everyone has a beautiful Sunday and an excellent week. Bye for now. <laughs>